that's really cold, aka uh, when you put that biscuit in the oven, didn't come out in this crisp, aka, <laughs> AKA uh, when you put like uh, put like the cookie, put the cookie in the stove, you gonna get gonna get get more cookies i don't don't know where i was going with that <laughs> but but nonetheless guys uh welcome to another episode of switches sites uh my solo gaming podcast gaming slash nerd related culture pop media culture what have you podcast we're still trying to find finesse and um kind of uh you know refine or improvise or i don't any adjective or noun that makes sense basically but yes i have a pretty good show for you today a lot has happened uh in terms of man one of the craziest weeks in just pop culture in general in terms of just super huge ips uh long going um sagas coming to an end uh, that are like decades worth it's just crazy. It's madness. All this in April. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, uh been been doing a lot of work on the back end trying to get uh this podcast up on uh your most commonly popular avenues uh, in terms of housekeeping and stuff like that. So uh keep on the lookout for that underway. Um by the time these episodes are available. Uh, ideally, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, should be live on all, um, popular podcast, uh, sites. So something to ponder about and think of and whatnot. So, but nonetheless, uh, to actually get into the meat and potatoes, if that's a thing, it probably is not of the show. So, oh man, first topic of discussion uh it's the sonic oh god I, I can't even contain myself to even say it fully uh the sonic the hedgehog um live action uh movie trailer oh boy yeah it's i think we all saw this coming in terms of just how horrible and atrocious this is gonna be it's like a train wreck that you just can't you know hold yourself to look away you just have to see the train wreck and see how badly it obliterates everything and everyone you know uh in this case it's uh us um the fellow you know sonic fans i i wouldn't say i'm a super hardcore sonic fan i'm definitely um a fan of of the character and things like that um probably last sonic game i legitimately played would probably be sonic adventure 2 that I like legitimately played like pretty pretty extensively um I kind of messed dabble with Sonic Mania but I'm not to the point that I legitimately you know say like hey I, I straight up played this so but I do have it so I mean for what that is worth but yeah at least in terms of the old school days definitely grew up with Sonic you know, being the Sega mascot and has fallen from, you know, the the greatness of gaming rivalry that was back in the day between uh, 
Sega, uh, the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. And kind of sad to think now that Sega is no longer in the console business, but who knows, maybe one day. You know, there was, there was rumors about the Sega Dreamcast 2. Probably not true, but, uh, you know, one can dream, right? So, uh, but yeah, getting back. Oh, man, this trailer, man, is just, oh, it's the best way to describe it, honestly. Um, yeah. Initially, when I saw it, I was like, uh, it's okay, but... Uh, you know, I had my expectations super low to begin with anyway. So, I mean, with that, you know, kind of being said, I still wasn't expecting much. Parts were, were cool. You know, some of the, uh, you know, Sonic's uh, signature um, dash and, uh, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, he did the dash, got the rings in there. They have some weird voodoo magic now that they can teleport people i guess that kind of somewhat is they must be going by the end of the level whenever you finish level then you like go into the huge ring and teleport that has to be it because like yeah it's just so many things wrong with this movie but yeah the, i say that the biggest point where they messed up is just sonic's character design they just don't know how to make him if that makes sense they don't know if maybe we should go full cartoony or realistic and then they just have this weird blend of both that doesn't really work out yeah just like you got you got human teeth and human eyes and who knows you might have a penis too you just they just might have cg that out you know <laughs> they surprises in the theater. Oh, you thought this was PG? Mm, I don't think so. No, we going we going rated R, baby. We going rated R. Sonic about to <laughs> Sonic about to get that and get that blue uh that blue chimichanga. <laughs> uh, but I digress. I digress. So, um, yeah, it just was not. It was not great. Um. Some of the positives, though, definitely uh, Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. He's pretty, pretty great. He's just, you know, pretty much I'm pretty sure what a lot of people are saying that, like, he's basically Jim Carrey, <laughs> just being Jim Carrey with the Dr. Robotnik moniker, if you will. So uh, they did give a really cool, I guess, kind of a tidbit at the end that shows him in full, you know, robotic uh, uniform that's, you know, more more true and authentic to his uh video game counterpart so that that was pretty cool but yeah definitely he's probably going to be the saving grace or somewhat redeeming quality of the movie if you know given the boy at least that surface value the horrible horrible um reception this is going to get because uh yeah it's not looking not looking bright for sonic they do have a chance because i believe it's coming out in november if they were really good and smart, they would probably listen to the feedback that everybody was saying. You see, like, on on Twitter and social media, a lot of people are redesigning his character design to make it look actually what it should look like instead of going on this weird, weird, dynamic, edgy, artistic route trying to be and, you know, completely deviate from what the, the game character is and, you know, various other forms of media that isn't the video game. 
So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But, man, it is not looking bright. Not looking bright at all. Definitely not, uh, not, um, well, actually it is going within the tradition of horrible video game movies. It's definitely, uh, picking up that baton. Um, I guess technically, what was the last somewhat good video game movie? Hmm. I want to say Laura Croft Tomb Raider was good. I haven't seen it though. I heard people, a fair amount of people liked it. Video game movie. Hmm. Yeah, it's very hit or miss, but definitely the odds are more on the on the bad end when it comes to video game adaptations of of uh uh well movie adaptations of video video games. Where's the other way? Video game video game adaptations of movies. You get what I'm saying. You picking up what I'm putting down, nonetheless. Um, ah, yeah. <laughs> then they had the what the the uh, the the child abduction joke towards the end. That was just weird. It was very weird. It was just, ugh. yeah. So all around horrible trash. It's gonna be gonna be uh just horrible. It really is. I any expectations, which was very low, are even lower now. So, ah, best of luck to Sonic. But you could tell they're they're kind of angling for probably the kids uh, kid market in terms of you know the animated Pixar movies. Well, even though this is kind of a mix of both with live action and anime, well, whatever. We'll see. Anyway, moving on, uh, next we have, uh, the Epic, Epic, uh, man. Okay. So Epic is taking, uh, Psyonics, the people who made, uh, Rocket League. So they're like, <laughs> they basically like, you know what? Uh, so if, you know, not taking exclusive new games coming out on PC, um, was enough, you know, taking, um, exclusive or actually taking the rights not necessarily rights but i think either time exclusivity or just permanent exclusivity of uh you know upcoming games uh on pc specifically um to the epic game store versus uh you know generally how it would release across the masses on steam and whatever other platforms but uh, Epic just, just is not satisfied, you know? So it was like, you know what? <laughs> We're going to start taking games you currently have in your uh, in your software uh, library or store library, if you will. Um, I'm just going to just take it, <laughs> just take it from you. So, uh, yeah, so Epic basically brought, bought Psionics, which in turn uh, they announced today that they're taking the, um, the Rocket League uh, game off the Steam store and a uh, big surprise exclusively exclusively <laughs> exclusively to the epic epic game store so uh, I'm, I'm uh, I, I don't like this at all to be honest uh, I just would like one centralized PC platform to have all my games nicely and neatly organized in now I have to keep going all these these dang launchers, the launcher game, first world problem, I know, but nonetheless, 
it's uh it's irritating either way uh and then man epic is going for the juggler man they, they they really are they really are going for it and you know if this isn't any indication you know first starting out um them trying to basically undercut uh indie games and new games coming out with the you know lower price tag that they have to pay in terms of uh cuts of sales um you know versus steam's pretty reasonably uh well yeah you know reasonably high price um i forgot i think it's like 30 percent. i want to say could be wrong on that but somewhere around that ballpark so you know taking that into account um that that leads to some weird just well i guess some some competitive uh you know antics with uh, epic because man they just uh, I just see them just I just see this epic like CEO with his big suit on with just money all in both his his, his palms and he's like ah, ha, 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 laughing with a cigar in his mouth. Um, ugh, yeah, just I don't like it, but I think when you kind of think about it, it does it more than likely is going to make Steam improve as a uh, store and platform in general, like kind of in the same sense as, you know, Xbox versus PS4, um, you know, the whole console war and things like that. I think it's going to eventually lead to more competitive pricing and things like that. Um, for sure. That's uh, definitely what I believe in. Um, pretty certain about, I'd say. Because, yeah, uh, Steam has no choice but to, you know, uh, fight back. <laughs> like, I'm not taking this. I'm not taking this anymore. Epic. You can't do this to me. I'm the king or some various uh, notorious movie analogy that I cannot think of at the moment. But uh, yeah, I found that very interesting because that's just it seems to be setting even a a bigger precedent of how much how hungry, (laughs) how hungry Epic is to try and, you know, take over that launcher uh, uh, store platform, uh, you know, throne or belt heavyweight belt or what have you because who man now i thought it was bad like some of these exclusives uh what what is it um i think metro the latest metro game metro ah i forgot the title of it metro it's not redux i think that was just the remake of the originals metro exodus um i think the division two I want to say, even though that's technically you can get that directly through <laughs> Ubisoft's launcher, which you have to go through anyway. So I guess that's kind of somewhat of a, not necessarily as big of an issue, but it is there nonetheless. Uh, then there's a uh, goodness. What else? It was uh, the, the one cool game I saw, World War Z. That's exclusive to Epic uh, PC wise. Um, but yeah, huh, that's just the precedent. I'm seeing it you know, set for the future of what Epic is capable of doing. <laughs> it just seems like they're just ready to get dirty. They're just ready to get dirty and just take, take and take whatever they can to, you know, take the throne. So, ah, uh, yeah, but that is that, uh, very, very, uh, scary things that that kind of, um, you know, entails, but moving on from that, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, man, 
uh, a lot of things to talk about with this game right now. Um, I'll at least say for the uh, the story mode, I did uh, beat it. Uh, it was pretty pretty easy uh, in terms of just uh, getting through it. Uh, it's fairly reasonably short. You can get it pretty much get it done in like one sitting. I believe it's like five five to six hours. I want to say uh, it felt like five to six hours to you know fully complete. Um, I was a huge fan of the story, you know, the, the combat, uh, just the action, uh, just felt like a stereotypical, you know, Mortal Kombat movie, which is what I was exactly expecting, you know, in terms of NetherRealm always having a great moniker for their story, uh, story games and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, for the most part, I never felt that like the fights were forced, like, you know, like they have a pretty diverse set of characters and not just intentionally just putting like, oh, okay, well, because I have, um, cause I have, uh, cause I have Johnny Cage and Liu Kang, I'm just going to make them fight for no reason. Or, you know, you know, where you kind of get the sense where it's like, okay, this is just force because they're trying to utilize all the characters in the game and stuff like that. So I felt that, that, that gelled pretty well. Um, what else? Uh, in terms of the general story, um, yeah, it was just really great. I, I, I'm just random raving about it. Um, it was just, man, it was just great. It really was. It was just, it was just, just wonderful overall, you know. Um, in terms of the general, I guess, um, uh, you know, actually, I'm, I'm beating around the bush, but just one horrible, atrocious aspect of the story is, uh, good God, uh, Ronda Rousey. We need to talk about this. Let's have a sit down right now, because this is just horrible. On so many aspects, so many, so many aspects. Uh, just completely atrocious abomination of voice acting I've ever heard in my life. It was just, uh, it was so like uninspired, uh, just lifeless and, uh, just straight boring. And, uh, it was just very, it was to the point where it was like really distracting where, uh, it just, um, and it, it seemed like it was recorded somewhere else in particular. So it's like, uh, uh, it just, it was not good. It was not good. Hey, it's, hey, uh, Casey, we're going to go and get, we're going to get him. You know, I mean, even I did it better than, I wasn't even trying to do better than her, I felt. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it, whenever she would speak, it was just hugely, immensely distracting. Um, but everybody else in terms of voice acting was very good. Uh, it was excellent, excellent. Can't do it in the the way the you know older Mortal Kombat voice actors were, but but nonetheless, excellent. You know, so um, yeah. Ugh. Then I just I actually I can't get uh, I can't get behind the reasoning to put her on this because it just was weird. It's just very weird overall. Like, why? 
I feel like the the developers or whoever was in charge of the voice acting like had to have known how horrible it was in terms of just the her performance after everything was recorded and it's like you know probably like you know making a storyboard and like putting everything together with the cutscenes and like I, it had to have been a moment where somebody was like you know what <sighs> she sucks she's horrible this is this is, this is horrible like <laughs> somebody needed to go to Ed Boone and like all right you know uh, Ronda Rousey this is this is not working at all uh, we we need to change we need to change something get another voice actor get the original voice actor from MK10 and because yeah I can't I can't see the reasoning why they chose her of all people and uh, not even considering the you know controversy she has with you know the one incident with you know um, uh, the one UFC, UFC fighter MMA fighter that she was fighting that uh, changed her gender and you know she had a huge issue with that and then just caused that whole whole kerfuffle of events and, and things like that but uh, not a good choice not a good choice not a good choice at all and it's not even it's not even bad voice acting to the point of like it's funny it's just like bad <laughs> it's just it's just bad it's like it's not even like just laughably bad it's just like it's bad in like a sad way but it's like you had to have some inspiration or some motivation like you're gonna be in Mortal Kombat 11 you know I don't know uh, but I digress. I'm sorry. That that just was, uh, it, it was it was hugely noticeable. You know, some people's performances were like, you know, okay, all right. It would some tidbits here and there. You could probably find the the bright side of things or whatever. But it just every time she spoke, it was just uh, I I literally cringed every time she did. It just it just killed the whole performance for me. So, um, yeah. So there's that. Um, also, I mean, I feel like Mortal Kombat 11 is, is bringing up a lot of controversies in general. So apparently there's this um, whole uh, issue with microtransactions in terms of, you know, purchasing. Uh, well, more or less the um, I want to I want to say the towers in terms of um, the MK towers or challenge towers. Where basically, you know, you earn currency and money and uh, they have all various uh, forms of currency like hearts and I forgot all of them. I, I didn't honestly didn't really play much of that yet. Uh, I messed with I messed with the obviously the story mode, the uh, crypt affair amount. Um, and I did the one arcade ending, which I'm going to talk about next. Um but yeah, it's just uh, apparently from what I'm hearing in the Echoverse uh, is that um, just earning currency and things like that just seems to be unreasonably difficult and time consuming, which uh, I am a big proponent against that. Like uh, just just grind and just to grind is not really fun to me. Uh, some games can get away with it, I'd say like. Uh, Monster Hunter could, um, I can't, 
I can't really think of any other game other than Monster Hunter, which kind of somewhat makes sense. Even then, like, now with, like, Monster Hunter World out, it's, like, not as much and not as painful. Uh, so I can't even really say that. Just don't, if you're going to grind, don't, don't make it, don't grind so much. Don't make us grind so much to get what we want. Um, but yeah, basically it seems like just things just cost way too much, uh, to get and, um, earning stuff was way, is way too hard to get, uh, the modifiers that, uh, work against your favor too hard to, um, fight against, uh, and overall, I, I believe they patched it recently. I haven't tested it out yet in general, but that's at least what I'm hearing in terms of everything. So I think that's worth mentioning nonetheless. But yeah, man, especially for a fighting game, uh, that, that does not sound, sound good. So, but, uh, that's at least most of what I'm going to speak on that. Uh, next in terms of just the, the categories of, uh, well, the category in, in terms of, uh, specifically the arcade mode. So I hear the commotion and uh displeasurement of uh one particular character's ending uh so i actually like the first time I, I got the game i was like let me let me see what all the fuss is about i was avoiding spoilers and people saying blah 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 this this and that um and I actually got around to um beating it so basically um Played the arcade mode, which, mind you, technically isn't canon. So, like, from Mortal Kombat, even from Mortal Kombat 1 all the way to 11, technically, uh, you know, after you, generally for most fighting games, really, when you uh, get to the end of the game or, you know, beat the final boss in each game's arcade mode, you, uh, by general standard, get a, you know, a ending. Um, now they kind of gotten lazy with it, you know, compared to Tekken, who's kind of set the standard where you get a really nice cutscene of each person's ending and stuff like that. But in the case of Mortal Kombat 11, specifically at least, uh, you know, you get a little cutscene with some dialogue and some like, I don't know what you even call it, like rotoscoping animated characters. That's probably the best way to describe it. Rotoscoping animated characters. Um, for most cutscenes, I don't know if the artistic style may be different for some. I've only played <laughs> the one with Jax, but basically, after you beat uh, Jax arcade mode, you get rewarded to a cutscene, which I'm assuming for pretty much everybody's characters is that you know, in terms of the general story of the game, you get the character um, or main boss villain, uh, Chronica, who's pretty prominent in the the story mode as well. Where basically, you know, the general pot is uh, to kind of control time or basically revert time to a point where at least from what I got from the stories that they wanted to eliminate Raiden to basically uh, put the world back at balance. It weirdly kind of reminds me a lot of Avengers, which we're going to get into in a little bit, but I digress. Um, a lot of time related <laughs> stuff in media uh, for some strange reason, but. I just found that to be a weird coincidence, but nonetheless, uh, yeah. So Chronica, that's kind of the general plot for the story, which kind of, in most cases, uh, translates towards each person's, uh, arcade ending. I'm assuming considering I haven't played those, but 
that's kind of just the plot line there. So basically, you know, Jax, uh, in terms of the ending, Jax defeats Kronika and technically now has the ability to go back in time. I guess that's kind of maybe the reward for everybody. Every character's ending is to, you know, revert something back in time that matters the most to them, um, I'm guessing. So at least in this case for Jax, he basically gets the power. Uh, so he's like, you know what? I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to end slavery. Just, just It will never exist, which I fucking loved. It was great. Uh, I'm all for that. So apparently uh, a lot of people did not like that or appreciate that, which one, uh, it's not even canon. So why would you even care? And two is just great. Why would you not want to end slavery if you had the opportunity to? So just those let those two points alone. Um, I feel like invalidated the whole reason for me to even discuss this. But either way, um, that seems to be the controversy that, oh, no, you shouldn't change time. And that wasn't even I, I don't even think that was even the point. Actually, it was the fact that you could change time and that they tried to do something. At least, I mean, uh, Jax wanted to do something positive in that aspect of, you know, reverting a horrible time for, you know, black people in terms of slavery and, you know, being owned by white people. So uh, I loved the hell out of that ending. And it wasn't even like malicious or, you know, um, just ill intended. It, it it was it seemed pretty positive. It was like he wasn't trying to kill slave owners. Like <laughs> it reminds me of um, uh, man Chappelle show the one skit where he uh he went back in time and then he was just like oh oh you gonna you got my friends uh got my people slavery let me let me hit you with the whip how, how does that feel? And it wasn't even on any vindictive uh you know uh, intent there either. It was just like. I'm just going to go back to a point way back to revert any um, signs of racism. So I thought that was really great. That was very positive and it really, uh, I think it was very meaningful, but again, it's not technically canon. So, you know, uh, majority of fighting games in terms of everybody characters, everyone's character ending uh, endings with like a few exceptions that are technically canon, but you could see in this scenario, it really wasn't canon. So, um, yeah, I don't get, I can, the only reason I could see why people have an issue with it is people that are honestly racist to some extent. Uh, cause I can't really see any angle as to why this was controversial or why I'm even discussing this right now. So that is my viewpoint on it. Um, talking as a black person myself, um, yeah, but just, uh, why I don't get it. Can we have our fun? Can, can black people have their fun too? Can we for one time? And it, oh, this was so positive. It wasn't even any ill intent as you can, you know, as it showed, uh, from his ending in particular, he just wanted to erase it all and not actually eliminate any people or any people that were, um, causing slavery or anything like that. So. Oh, I am. I'm washing my hands with it. I am washing my hands with it. Shouldn't even be talking about that because it it was no. It, it, it should. This should have not been a controversial topic. But of course, for somebody, it was. 
I guess what somebody put the put the word social justice warrior or whatever. It's not, that's not even social justice. It's just it's just like making something wrong that's right. If you had the power uh to change time uh and you know um make right uh you know I guess detrimental moment uh the history uh I sure as hell would. I mean, I would do the same thing Jax would if I could. Uh, I, okay, let me, let me back that up. If I had a choice, I would probably do something more beneficial to myself if I'm going to be honest in, in that respect. But if I had a couple opportunities or I had infinite choices, hell yeah, I would save us or, you know, um, erase that, you know, horrible moment of time for, you know, our people in that sense. So, ah, that's all I'm going to say about that because that's actually starting to get me a little riled up. Just the, just the, the whole reasoning as to why this is controversial. Because the only reason I can think of is that you would want slavery. So if you would want slavery, then you are racist. Like I, there's really no way to kind of slice that in a positive way. You just would want you want racism for us. So no, <laughs> just no. Okay, no, stop. Just stop it. Uh, but nonetheless, that is more of a combat at 11. Uh, had a great time with the game. Oh, man, uh, the fatalities. Goodness. I don't I don't see how every year or every, uh, you know, new iteration of the, the, the series, they they manage to top themselves, man. And just each one just gets more graphic and like disturbing. And man, yeah, from all the, the fair amount of ones I've seen. I haven't even technically seen them all yet. I still got to lock them in the crypt or, you know, I could technically just look on a, uh, like game facts or something and kind of get the tidbits there. But goodness, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's gruesome, but I love it though. But I love it though. You, you, you want to look away, but at the same time, you just want to look so harder. You want to look that much harder. You know, you do. I think it's ingrained within our, you know, our our primal instincts coming out. I believe I I think that's what that 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 kind of entails. But I digress. But yeah, that is Mortal Kombat 11. Um, next, uh, gonna talk a little bit about Days Gone. Uh, haven't really played too much of it to be honest. Probably like about maybe four four or five hours. I want to say. Um, and at least just give my initial impressions of the game so far. So basically, you know, you're this guy, Deacon St. John, who's a biker, really hardcore biker. Deacon, I'm Deacon St. John. That's not how, that's not what he sounds like at all. But if I had to, you know, if I was a voice actor to embody that character, that would be my Deacon St. John. I'm just saying, okay. All right. I'm, I'm Deacon St. John. Um, get her done. All right. That I didn't mean to do that, but you, okay. I got some work to do with that, but nonetheless, um, but yeah, basically at least in terms of the initial, like couple minutes of the game, uh, shows Deacon, uh, taking off his wife, I believe. I'm pretty sure it's his wife or soon to be wife. I think, um, she was like really, uh, she's like severely damaged. I think she got stabbed or something like that. And she basically has to make a decision in terms of, uh, you know, trying to save her and, uh, cause she seems to have been on the brink of death to some extent. So 
basically he ultimately ends up getting her rescued by this team or helicopter that was saving, I think, survivors. And, you know, this whole like endeavor ensues where like, oh, let me, uh, uh, we can't, we don't have any room for people to come on our, um, you know, our helicopter. Deegan, Deegan, like, hey, you, you know, you get, don't you, ooh. <laughs> oh, don't you dare. Don't you dare. You got room for this woman. You got room for this woman. You put a God, God damn it. I swear to God, you better put on this damn helicopter. I'm gonna cut you. Well, he had a gun, so I'll shoot you dead. Uh, but nonetheless, he managed to get his uh soon to be wife or fiance on the helicopter and then they lifted off. I forgot about his buddy, I believe Boozer, uh, his right hand man. Um, so that pretty much is where the plot left off. And then basically like it was a time skip. I'm not sure how long the time was. I think like two to three years, I want to say. Um, Cause when I hit the pause, man, you had like a, a day's counter basically in terms of, you know, how far uh, I think it was like 700 or so days. So that's technically roughly like two years, almost like, yeah, a little over two years, I think. 365 days in a year, uh, 365 times two, 600, 700. And I don't know math like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, I think I'm somewhat right in that, uh, you know, guesstimate. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of at least where the, gen- the general plot kind of starts off. Um, I guess just my initial impressions of the gameplay and everything. It seemed okay. Um, nothing that like necessarily stood out. Uh, I guess it was a kind of a unique, um, I guess setting to have like a kind of like, Hey, what if we have, what if we put sons of anarchy and mix it with like walking dead or, you know, any zombie movie. Um, that's kind of the gist of what I got considering I never watched the sons of anarchy, but I assumed it's like, you know, uh, you know, a drama about bikers and their, you know, um, trials and endeavors as being a bike club or something like that. That's at least at the surface what I'm guessing it is. But I thought it was, I think it was a cool concept. Well, uh, let me, let me back up. I mean, anything with zombies in it, I'm, I'm generally a sucker for it. So I'll at least say that, that, uh, that definitely kind of had that working in its favor. Uh, you know, they got their own zombie, zombie, uh, term that like, I guess every, you know, IP wants to do like just to separate themselves and try to make it seem like this isn't a zombie game. Uh, so at least in this case with, um, uh, days gone, uh, they're called freakers, <laughs> freakers. I, I don't know why in my head, when I think of the word freaker, according to them, it's just like the zombie that's twerking that got a big booty. I, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not attracted. Okay. Uh, let's see. I just put myself in a pickle. I'm not, oh boy, I'm not going to get out, <laughs> but, uh, you got, okay. You don't get where I'm all right. Um, you know what? Let's, let's just move past this fact. <laughs> Cause, uh, uh, yeah. Um, just call them zombies. That's all I'm saying. You don't got to get all fancy. Oh, they zombies. They walkers. Just call them they zombies. They've been established for who knows how long. Just call them zombies because that's what they are. They zomb and they're bees. Okay. They're undead. 
They used to be people, but now they're undead. They like brains. They won't stop until they eat more brains. Let's just leave it at that, okay? That's that's all I'm saying. I'm going to get off my pedestal real quick, okay? But yeah, so um, that's the general plot. Um, it's hard for me to kind of really form a solid opinion from playing for that amount of time, but it seemed pretty cool. It has a really interesting upgrade, um, I guess, system in terms of upgrading your upgrading your character uh, in terms of, you know, perks and stuff like that. Uh, like when you melee somebody, you get a health or stamina boost, I want to say, and things of that nature. Um, so that seems interesting. Um, then, yeah, like the biggest mechanic is that you have your uh, bike, uh, your motorcycle where you drive around and you can, um, you know, uh, refill your uh, gas gauge. Uh, so you do have to watch that closely because if you do uh, run out of gas, you kind of SOL and going to have to walk it on foot and try to find gas. And, you know, normally, you know, because there's like uh, my bad uh, freakers everywhere. You're going to have to try to navigate your way around them. And uh, they uh, are very, very numerous in number. Uh, is that redundant? That might be. But just to, just to get my point across, uh, there's a lot of them in a mass. So it kind of proves to be more difficult. So normally I've been like consciously, like, you know, every time before I, I go to another location, I make sure to put some gas in the tank and, you know, make sure I'm not. I'm not screwed. So, uh, so there's that dynamic. Um, there's the dynamic to, you know, kind of upgrade your permanent, permanent health and stamina. So there's that kind of coming into play. Um, but yeah, overall it's, yeah, it's hard. Like the shooting feels okay. It's not, it's not like, I don't know. It's not as satisfying as maybe I'd like it to be, but I mean, it's, it's plausible. It's, uh, you know, manageable. Um, yeah, it's just overall, I don't know. It's, um, the graphics though. Goodness. Yeah. The graphics are great. They're uh, tremendous, uh, playing on a PS4 pro, um, on a 4k TV, uh, with the HDR, uh, just the scenery looks beautiful. Um, in terms of just the whole graphical fidelity. So for sure can definitely, you know, give them that nod they did, did a great job in terms of the environment because you know you're generally in the forest and you know just all of what forestry <laughs> entails uh i'd say it's pretty great um, uh, definitely it's definitely very easy on the eyes for sure so it definitely has that going for it so um but yeah it's hard to really say definitively um kind of my thoughts about the game at least in terms of initial impressions it is pretty great uh in terms of just of kind of what I played so far, but I, I'd have to play it a bit more to kind of, you know, somewhat formulate a uh, definitive solid opinion of the game. Who knows? The game might open up. You might be super, super duper deacon. That'd be cool. <laughs> super duper deacon. I would, I would like that. Uh, so moving on from that. Good God. 22 years in the making. Nope. Okay, I am totally off. 10 years in the making. 22 movies <laughs> to actually make it. Uh, talking about, of course, man, the 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 uh, blue balls uh, for a year after Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, 
Good God, this damn movie. Uh, it was everything I personally wanted from uh, Avengers, uh, the, you know, ending movie of the of, of the series or saga, the Marvel saga. It's, it's very fascinating and impressive uh, to kind of witness how much um, Marvel was able to do with this type of format of a movie that, you know, <laughs> like a 22 movie, like, man, like if somebody came to you or like, you know, some pitch, some person pitching something to you like, Hey, we're going to make a 22 movie, uh, you know, um, kind of storyline or kind of saga. That's basically gonna be contingent on you watching all 22 of those movies. And then you're going to get that big, immense payoff at the end, which in this case, it was Avengers Endgame. So I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure I could definitely say I've watched all of the Marvel movies. Um, Probably some I might have waited on for DVD um, to come out on, you know, home video. But other than that, uh, yeah, I've watched every Marvel movie. And it's funny because I'm not actually the movie type. Uh, Generally, I don't really go to the movies like that, but it seems like just some weird exception I make for Marvel movies. I don't know. Some of our superhero movies always fascinate me for some reason, but definitely had to go to good. Good God. It's hard to even say Avengers Endgame. It's like we were waiting so long for this and it finally came and it was great. Cause man, it would be a whole nother story if it, this was horrible. But no, I feel like it it delivered on all fronts for sure. I'm still kind of car- com- compartmentalizing my thoughts on it on the movie. I've only watched it once. I plan to watch it again at some time. Uh, but you know, I was just doing a lot of reflecting on kind of the story, and you know, uh, yeah, it just it, uh, they did so many things right. <laughs> Um, of course they probably, it was some, some weirdness here and there, but not any, any to the point that like was a detriment to the movie, I'd say, but nonetheless. So, um, yeah, so I actually went on the opening night, opening Thursday night. Um, of course, obviously the movie was packed, got, got awesome, (laughs) got, I got the best seats in the world. That's, that's why it pays to, you know, um, reserve, uh, tickets f- specifically for Avengers because I knew like off rip that it was going to be going to be packed and you weren't going to get seats for a long time, whatever, or seats that you wanted. That'd be ideal. Uh, and then, you know, people like, why are you why are you uh, pre-ordering for Avengers? And like, why aren't you <laughs> pre-ordering for Avengers? That, that's at least what I'd say. If you are, you know, really adamant about watching a movie or, you know, been following the Marvel movies, you know, since then. So. Yeah, so saw it, premiered it, man. So many damn emotions, so many points to talk about. Uh, good God. So <laughs> at least I'm going to try to hit the, you know, high points, just the notable points, not like try to summarize the whole damn movie because that would just take too long. Uh, but, you know, at least starting out, we start with the movie. Oh, yeah. Before we start again, let me say spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you have not watched Avengers Endgame, uh, you feel free to uh, click out or, you know, uh, come back when you see the movie, what have you. But spoilers, 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 spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Um, so, yeah, starting out with the movie, you see Hawkeye with his uh, kids and man, like, you know, 
happy, happy, happy family, you know, oh, hey, he's going to put some mayo, uh, uh, you want mayo or ketchup, what about, or no, they said mayo or mustard, you don't got no damn, <laughs> I think that's what the kid said, I'm paraphrasing like hell right now, but kid said, you don't got no damn ketchup, <laughs> that's what I would say, like, why, why are you asking me for mustard, like, on hot dogs, who put, who put mayo on hot dogs, I, I sure as hell don't. Okay, I could see at least mustard, just mustard, but like mayo and uh, no, no. But nonetheless, uh, goodness, because <laughs> you don't got no damn ketchup, really. Um, so yes, yeah, so, you know, just those hilarious antics or you know, uh, cute home, uh, you know, warming family interactions, and then you know, what do you know? Of course, considering the events of uh, Infinity War. Man, you just see every all of his his family just drop one by one. So you know, you see uh, first. I think first it was his daughter, just vanished. I'm like, oh god, no! Everybody in the theater, like, oh my god, this is not good. And then we, I think everybody knew it was gonna happen. So pretty much his whole family was gonna be gone. But so first, I think his uh his daughter, I forgot her name, but basically, you know, she's supposedly gonna be, you know, the next um. Hawkeye, uh, which I believe is kind of the what what gets taken in the comics as well. So there's that. Then there is the whole factor of man, his whole all of his other family just vanished, and man, just to and I, you know just to see what Hawkeye is like. He 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 don't know what's going on. He he doesn't know the events of that we know from Infinity War. So I can only imagine just your whole family just vanished. And you don't know what happened to him. You don't see the dust. He didn't technically he didn't even see the dust or what happened to him. They just disappeared. That has got to take a huge toll on you, um, which, you know, inevitably it does, uh, you know, later in the movie where, you know, eventually he becomes Ronin, which I guess has been a uh, movie counter or comic counterpart that he's uh, eventually like come into at some point where he's like just as ruthless killer just killing everybody that's probably one interesting point of the movie that like i'm kind of like uh okay so basically he like <laughs> he just obliterated all these people in like uh uh china or japan but he didn't necessarily nobody addressed that <laughs> so it was like all right well i just i'm just i'm, I'm a cold blood killer and then i'm just gonna they don't even acknowledge him doing that in the whole movie which was just, it was just, it was just weird. It's like, generally you should address something like that, but I guess technically because the whole half of the universe has been snapped, I guess that is reason to, I guess, justify against it. I don't know. It was, it was a weird plot, I guess, plot point that probably could have been addressed uh, to maybe, you know, somewhat flesh something out there. But then again, he, he has his, um, I think he has his, uh, show coming on, uh, Disney plus, which, uh, you're going to see it. You're going to hear a lot of is, uh, at least what I felt like for this movie, Avengers Endgame uh, with another, uh, subtitle, uh, Disney plus, um, promotion of movies, of TV shows, uh, AKA, uh, Disney plus TV show promotion. Uh, cause yeah, at least, uh, which was weird that they, 
man, they don't really describe. Well, okay. So let me say this. They basically announced all this stuff before Endgame. So that was just the weirdest decision like ever. Like, why would you announce all these new movies of people that were dusted in the first, uh, you know, Infinity War? It just kind of detracted from the, I guess, mystery. Like, oh, are they all going to come back? Are they not going to come back? But it's like you hear announcement for Spider-Man. The next Spider-Man movie is coming, coming, uh, you know, next year. And like, all right, well, it's apparent that, uh, you know, Spider-Man is going to come back. Uh, new Black Black Panther is getting filmed. Black Panther, Black Panther 2 is getting filmed, blah, blah, blah. All right. So it's apparent that, um, okay, uh, Black Panther is coming back for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. There's uh, also going to be um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 coming. I'm like, okay. So I guess uh, all the, all the, all the Guardians are coming back. So. It's like, <laughs> what is the purpose of snapping? Well, obviously, uh, Thanos got what he wanted, but still, just the fact that you know, knowing people are gonna, everybody's gonna come back, kind of takes away from the you know mysterious mystery of like, oh, or who's gonna come back, who's not, and you know, kind of that fun speculation, I'd say. But uh, and then, then they also announced all these TV shows. So I guess before coming into that. Like the one I mentioned, uh, Hawkeye, um, I guess this code name, I don't know if it's definitive because if it is, that's just not a really great title. WandaVision, which is somehow going to have, um, Scarlet Witch in the vision who's, who, uh, you know, was killed in Infinity War back. Then you have, man, what else I can't think of. There was somebody else. Oh, uh, no. Oh, um, Captain, not Captain America, but, um, Falcon and, um, the Winter Soldier are going to have their own show. Um, they have these placeholder names. I can't remember the one. I think it was just a very generic, like, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier or something like that. I'm pretty sure they're just going to have a more snazzier, interesting name, but at least that's what they said at the surface. Uh, Loki is supposedly going to have his own show, um. I think that's it, at least so far at what they announced. But yeah, so like they announced all this before Avengers Endgame, mind you. So that's just the weird, I don't know, type of just kind of detract from the main movie in some ways. Because it's like, you know, like, because at least when I was watching the movie, I was thinking like, okay, how are they going to have these people come back basically uh, the people they announced in terms of the movie. So there's like, obviously that they are going to come back to some extent. So, but yeah, so there was that factor of, uh, that. And then basically, you know, it's after that scene, <laughs> that depressing scene, it, uh, you know, showed Tony with what's her name, uh, Nebula that, uh, you know, funny little, uh, foosball battle. Is it foosball finger, finger football, uh, one of those. So they have that, um, and then basically, you know, after, uh, Tony's on the brink of, you know, dying or running out of oxygen, what do you know? Uh, Captain Marvel comes and saves Tony, um, presumably after she, her events in, um, in the Captain Marvel movie where, you know, she joins up, uh, and gets the response to that page. 
uh, to the Avengers there. So people were curious about that, but no less that is what happened. So then, you know, there's this whole battle there with um, Iron Man and Captain America. You weren't there for me, man. You weren't there for me when I was there for you. Or I, that's at least the impression I was getting. I know he was saying some other stuff, but you could kind of tell. That's kind of like, you know, hey, man, you wasn't there for me. I was there for you. You were supposed to be brothers. Now we're not anymore. How you going to deal with me when they go do that to me? Or technically the events of Civil War, technically, but I digress. So there was all of that. Um, I'm trying to skip. It's so much in this damn movie. It's three hours worth. Uh, people were complaining about P-Time. I'm like, you know what? I can hold the hell out of this. Three hours, that's fine. That's fine. Take your time, Pastor. <laughs> Take your time. Take your time, Pastor. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so goodness. <sighs> it's so much to process. I'm still trying to process it all. Um, I'm trying to think of very high points, but it's just so many great points, which is, you know, a great point with the movie itself, I'd say. But, you know, for any movie, you kind of have that period where you have that kind of luster or infatuation. I, I think I like to think of it as an infatuation phase of, you know, anything recently coming out that you like, you're just very infatuated with it and thinking about it constantly and, you know, overanalyzing and all that. But with that being said, um, trying to think. So, oh yeah. So another big point is that basically Scott Lang of, of the Ant-Man as the Ant-Man basically was in the quantum realm, at least towards the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Then uh, probably the biggest MVP of the movie, <laughs> even more so than <laughs> all the actual heroes, should be the rat. Uh, he, he, he don't get as much credit as he deserves because he technically started the whole events <laughs> to save everybody. If it wasn't for that rat, none of this would be possible. Um, but bad, basically a rat, um, random rat just came on uh, one of the, uh, the panel of uh, uh, Scott Lang's uh I guess Ant-Man machine that had the the quantum realm transporter in it and basically managed to get that activated and get him released. So now he's in the current world. Oh man, I forgot about that. So basically uh, the big twist or not necessarily twist or major plot point that I, I don't think a lot of people were expecting was that the, you know, the surprise that, Oh, it's so much I'm skipping over now. Now that I'm thinking about it. So let me rewind from that real quick. Let me put let me put a little bookmark there. So going even back before that. So after all those events, they find out where Thanos is located. So Ron, uh, well, I don't want to call it Ronda. I do not want to call her that. Um, uh, Brie Larson, aka Captain Marvel. She, um, she's like, you know, hey, let's <laughs> let's beat his ass right now. I'm ready. I've been ready. <laughs> so they all go together and uh find find him and uh basically they're able to track him down instantly and man oh you feel you felt so i, I felt so bad for thanos i never thought i really necessarily would consider what he did at the events of infinity war but man good god i felt so bad for the dude because like <laughs> after everything was said and done he back in his planet and you know he minding his business he like you know 
he uh he picking his he picking his uh fruit and you know uh, about to cook something real good you can tell he was excited and then you know he doing all that and then <laughs> it was funny too but out of nowhere <laughs> captain marvel just comes and blasts his ass and get his ass beat by everybody and he just he just got his ass jumped in his own place uh, but <laughs> that, oh man, it was funny and sad at the same time because you, you know, he was defenseless kind of, and he wasn't, uh, he kind of had it coming though, consider everything he did still, but, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of sad to see, <laughs> see his ass get whooped like that. Boy, he got his ass jumped for real, but yeah, so basically, uh, Thanos got his ass jumped by everybody and, uh, everybody's still living. And basically, you know, he was talking to them some BS like, I destroyed all the zones, you can't get them, uh, fuck y'all. And then basically, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally paraphrasing, but basically Thanos, uh, you know, he's about to say something, something vindictive or evil or, you know, menacing or like, you can never defeat us or, uh, he, he didn't say that. He said something along the lines of that, you know, that's why I did it because I want everything to be set in stone and then... Right before you know it, his ass got interrupted by Thor, cut his head clean off. I did not see that coming. I was like, damn, he got killed basically within like, within like the first 20 minutes of the movie. So I was like, okay, wow, they go in there, man, <laughs> he get his ass jumped, then get his ass decapitated. So I'm like, all right, this is, this is the tone. Okay. I, I, I appreciate it. I accept it. Uh, so after that, uh, picking up that bookmark I left earlier. So, um, yeah. So in terms of the time jump, uh, mechanics, so Scott Lang is, um, or no, before that there was the time skip. So there was a major time skip after that. We're basically like, well, we're kind of screwed. We can't bring them back cause we don't have the stones and Thanos destroyed the stones. So there's a huge time skip and then it just gives you this five years later. I'm like, Oh my God. Well, they had to live with this for five years. That's crazy. So yeah. So there's the five year, there's a five year time skip where they basically have to live with, you know, all of the people they lost with the snap or after the snap. So there is that. Uh, so then after that, then, you know, the rat comes and saves uh, Scott Lang by jumping on the machine and hitting some, unintentional switch that he wasn't aware of or whatever. So Scott Lang comes out the, the time jump and now it's been five. Yeah, it's been five. It's only been five hours for him, but it's been obviously five years since everything has went down. So he's not aware of that for, you know, a fair amount, um, you know, a few minutes of the movie. And then he kind of catches up to speed with finding his daughter. Who's like, I think she's 17 ish because I believe she was like 12 in the events of Ant-Man and the Wasp. So he's kind of just processing that. That's kind of crazy when you think about it, just to see your little daughter just instantly grow up like five years older and he's just confused as hell. Uh, but basically that eventually leads him to go to the Avengers headquarters and kind of tell them, you know, what, what he experienced and like, you know, there's a way we can, we can, we can go back in time and save everybody and undo everything that's been done. Uh, which just brings, bring this whole time dynamic and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there's just that plot point. That's, I guess, technically a major plot point. So I'm a kind of skip from there to, you know, to trying to skip some of the small details. 
I'm trying to point out the notable stuff. Uh, a little after that, not even a little, but a while after that, uh, we come across um, uh, Hulk, who's actually synergized with his uh, angry Hulkish self. So he's kind of like Bruce Banner and the Hulk actually came to a mutual agreement and like, you know, all right, let's have the best of both worlds technically. So he's kind of, he's visually the Hulk, but he's, he has the intelligence still of uh, Bruce Banner basically. So he's just basically a hybrid of both. So it's some funny antics that kind of come in there where, you know, he's <laughs> uh, talking to the kids and stuff like that. And then what else he's talking to the kids uh, these fans and then you know it's kind of the dynamic with Ant-Man you know he's obviously not really the most popular Avenger I think it's pretty safe to say probably outside next to Hawkeye technically but he wasn't in that scene so <laughs> basically there's these fun funny dynamics where it's like you know hey y'all y'all don't want my <laughs> y'all don't want Ant-Man's signature though you don't want mine I mean you you got Hulk's but you don't want mine and then <laughs> it's just this awkwardness of uh we don't really want your signature we just wanted Hulk's but if we're forced to I guess we'll take it and you know I don't I can't do that scene justice so I'm I'm just get past that but that that was very funny um then I think after that we meet up with uh, Thor, who's, uh, <laughs> Thor has been through some hard times. You could tell he was like kind of depressed after, uh, defeating Thanos, um, and killing him. And, you know, I guess technically cutting off at least from what we know, all possibility to kind of bring, bring everybody back. So he's kind of like living with those demons cause, uh, kind of formed a gut, you know, uh, he kind of got a little, got a little thick. So, there's that whole kind of dynamic there as well. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of funny where, you know, you, you do see the two characters. I cannot for, I cannot remember their names, but I'm gonna call them, <laughs> I'm gonna call them the blue guy and the little, uh, a little bug from uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, the funny comic comic relief, uh, from that movie. But they're, I guess they're his, uh, buddies or roommates and, you know, they're chilling, playing Fortnite which is kind of funny because Fortnite has a cross promotion as well where you can play Thanos. And I think he can use some of the, um, Avengers, uh, weapons, uh, like, um, Iron Man's, uh, blasters, uh, Captain America shield, so on and so forth there, which I definitely am going to try to, I'm going to do before that's done. Just to at least try that out. Cause that seems like a good time, but nonetheless, uh, so there's that whole dynamic, uh, Thor was funny as hell in this movie. I felt, I think, uh, some people didn't really like it, but I, I totally love Thor. Uh, I think because, you know, he's this hulking muscular man and, you know, all the previous movies now in this one, he's, he's a little thick, a little thick, got, got the, got the beer belly on deck, but, uh, I liked him. I liked him. He was, uh, I think it's, it's people that just have this disparity between like serious Hulk and like comedic, um, not serious Thor and comedic Thor. Um, I like, I like, I think I like comedic Thor more, at least that's just my general, like, um, kind of preference in terms of comedy over, uh, seriousness in that, that respect, but nonetheless, I, I, I totally loved him in this movie. I think he was, he had a lot of funny moments, uh, as well, but man, so he was a really good highlight. Um, any other stuff after that? Um, Basically, you know, they ultimately um, managed to get time travel working 
and they eventually go to the events of a couple of the movies. So like uh, the first Avengers and Thor as well, which is really cool. So uh, it was really interesting to kind of see a different perspective of all those movies and kind of, you know, um, overall, yeah, just get a different angle, which I thought was cool and fascinating and kind of, you know, improve some movies like in particular uh, Thor The Dark World, which is at least revered as one of the worser Marvel movies, which I thought was pretty cool where they kind of shed some light on a couple of the actors and <laughs> fucking Natalie Portman for like what, two, three seconds. Uh, seemed like, yeah, they probably just used, used some scenes or unused scenes that she had or something like that. I find it hard to believe they managed to get her to, um, to actually, uh, you know, <laughs> come on set for like three seconds <laughs> for <laughs> like 10 seconds of, of movie just to get up and do something that, does not make sense. So I think they had some unused scenes or something like that. But nonetheless, uh, you know, I, I really liked the whole uh, Avengers aspect where they visited the first battle of the Avengers and, you know, smart Hulk is like not as angry anymore. So he's like forced to, you know, kind of be angry or forcedly make himself angry. Like, uh, I'm Hulk and I'm angry. Uh, and you know, that was, that was, that was pretty funny, but uh, after that, it was, it was so many good points. Uh, I think after that, probably the only thing that comes to mind is the whole, um, Ant-Man aspect where Ant-Man, uh, is with Tony as himself to try and get, um, get the Tesseract, I believe. And then he basically, <laughs> Ant-Man makes fucking, fucking uh tony get a heart attack by just detaching one of his uh one of the components on his uh artificial core or power core so i thought that was pretty uh man that was pretty pretty uh interesting in that respect and then while that was happening you had steve rogers or uh, captain america fighting himself which really cool kind of like comic book satire type deal where uh you know there's a lot of one-liners and jokes there. That's America's ass. Uh, I'm not going to even give any context to that. Um, but man, yeah, that was, that was funny. Like I could do this all day. Yeah, I know I say that. And, you know, just all that, you know, kind of hilarity ensues there. Ultimately he ends up getting it and well, no, actually they don't, they fail. And Loki actually ends up getting in for inevitably the next, um, whatever spinoff movie he's going to do where it's technically an alternate universe because that's technically the theory or kind of groundwork for how time travel works even though uh, I think just time travel is always difficult to explain in anything because it's like they break at least specifically with Avengers Endgame they break the rules of what they set as rules so then that kind of makes you think like okay so i guess if you broke the rules you already set in place then what does that what are rules then so anything is technically breakable or anything is feasible really when you think about it but uh, that's just the whole i guess box of worms or pandora's box of time travel which is i think in general hard to always explain in, in movies uh, specifically at least in this one they kind of made it clear cut, but at the same time, in some scenarios, they always basically went back on that. So it's like, you don't know what actually is 
yeah, it just, uh, you just, you'll just end up confusing yourself in terms of rules they laid down and then they just straight up broke in some cases or made exceptions quotation on, uh, you know, for whatever is convenient to them in terms of the plot. But nonetheless, that's just old other I guess tangent if you will but so basically they failed and did that so then they ended up traveling even further back to try to get the same uh stone I want to say and also get more time juice which that (laughs) yeah I'll call it time juice because I forgot the political or actual term for it but basically that causes a whole like you know confusing explanation of how that works so it's like if you go back in time and get more time juice, but why did you do that in the first place to get more time juice? If you knew that, yeah, it's just the more you think about it, the more you get confused. But, you know, you just <laughs> you just got to write it up. It's OK. It's just time travel. Leave it alone. Time travel. But I thought it was pretty cool, you know. Going back in time, Tony got got a chance to speak with his dad before he had him or uh, they were technically somewhat expecting Tony soon, which is really interesting because I think everybody would be fascinated to kind of have that conversation with their their dad after <laughs> when they're about to have them, but not actually acknowledge that and, you know, come off as a unintentional, not necessarily unintentional, actually, no, unintentional uh, person that is aware of that. Um, and then, you know, he also had Steve, uh, actually talking to, uh, agent Carter, um, in terms of those events. So, well, actually, no, he didn't actually talk to her. He saw her at a glance, but you know, he really, he really did want to talk to her, but so that was cool. Um, skipping ahead, trying to think of something else. Um, highlights, highlights, highlights. Uh, I guess Black Widow dying technically so they end up going to get the Soul Stone and we all know at least uh, from the previous movie what you have to do to get the Soul Stone um, they kind of made it seem like that you could just get it from whoever was there at the time or something like that but I guess this is being Endgame they w- it wouldn't be that simple so uh, basically they find out they have to, one of them have to kill themselves cause they don't want to just straight up kill each other for a second. I thought that, you know, I thought maybe kind of to play off, uh, um, uh, Clint's or Ronan's character, uh, you know, how he turned to new leaf now in terms of being evil and stuff that he might like, you know, all right, well, obviously you gotta go black widow or just, you know, for his own, selfish intent that he would just kill her and then just go off about his business or something like that. But that didn't, that didn't come to be. Cause I guess, you know, after killing countless people, apparently, you know, you can just all of a sudden the right person comes along and then you'll just like, you know what? I don't need to kill people anymore. So that's, uh, I guess apparently what happened. So there is that, but, uh, yeah. So it was kind of this whole like, uh, battle of them. Like, Oh no, I'm gonna kill myself. No, I'm gonna kill myself. No, I'm killing myself. And then eventually, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, man, Black Widow wins the suicidal battle. That's kind of dark when you think about it. The suicidal battle. Because it, it's weird when you think about it. They're they're literally just trying to kill themselves. Uh, 
technically for the greater good, but still. But then it's then that comes the that brings back that whole weird time jump thing where it's like if she kills because she killed herself for the stone and technically Steve Rogers returned the stone, you know, to some extent, technically, maybe she could be revived at some point. So maybe that could be a plot line. They might try to leave, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, vague so they could, you know, even though it's confirmed that like, yeah, somewhat that actually, no, they technically didn't confirm it. That black widow, um, movie is a prequel but you know it at least obviously from the events of this movie it would technically have to be a prequel unless they find some way to make it a sequel of after events which would you know entail something of getting her back from Voromir and you know somehow doing some trickery with the soul stone or something like that but um yeah that was that was just a weird point so then technically after that, you know, kind of skipping ahead of that, basically, uh, what's his name? Thor eventually, uh, finds a way through Nebula and some weirdness of <laughs> Wi-Fi brains connecting with each other to get information about how everybody is coming to the past to try to get the stones to pre- prevent the future and all that. And long story short, he eventually get finds his way through Nebula to get back into the current time well Thanos's past self to get into uh the Avengers current time to basically um ensure or take out the Avengers and like totally not be along the same I guess goal he was in Infinity War he's like you know what I don't give a damn anymore about trying to cut off half of the you know, population. I just want to kill all the Avengers, basically. That's kind of at least what the impression he gave. So there's that whole battle, and good God, good God, the biggest, probably the biggest highlight point of the whole movie, I would say for sure, is fucking Steve Rogers uh, finally being worthy and getting the uh, Thors or Molnir, uh hammer and oh man I, I ain't gonna lie uh, I wasn't expecting it because at least previously I wasn't aware of that his that story arc that he was able to do that uh, to actually attain the Molnir, uh hammer from Thor but I guess they technically hinted at that in uh, Avengers Age Ultron too but man I fucking geeked I lost my shit I ain't gonna lie I lost my shit when he did that he's like oh my god oh my god he's worthy oh my god he able to do it um and yeah so that was man that was great that was that was great that was like that was the equivalent of you know you know uh when you accidentally you know have a wet dream and you know like oh that 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 was the equivalent of that that was just greatness right there that was pure unadulterated greatness it was and man he was like he was freaking throwing a shield and bouncing it off, off the mill near and then banging, banging Thanos in the back of the head. Oh man. Just the, the choreography and uh, just everything that went into that was just great in all levels. That was definitely the biggest highlight of the movie for sure, man. That was great. And then uh, you had the funny dynamic where uh, 
uh, uh, Thor and Steve had uh, mix up like, hey, no, nah, no, nah, you you can have the you can have Mjolnir, but no, nah, I want Stormbreaker. You can't take that too. Come on now. He's like, my bad, my bad, man. Here, all right, I'll, I'll take, I'll stick with the Mjolnir, okay? So, oh man, that was great. So you did have that. You had the battle against Thanos and Tony, Tony, uh, Captain America and Thor. Um, and, oh man, I forgot Thor, <laughs> Thor fucking when he transformed into his, uh, you know, his uniform, you know, he had the belly out, had had room for the belly as well as just instantly, uh, braiding his, uh, his beard, which was just, uh, <laughs> at first I was like, I was too, I was too enamored by how great that was. But the more I thought, I, I thought about it, I was like, what, did he just braid his beard out of nowhere? I guess that's the powers of being a being a god you can do that apparently that'd be convenient though when you think about it you need to get your hair braided on the regular you're just like you know what i'm good <laughs> just <laughs> you just think about it or uh, i don't even know the term just transform and then instantly boom your hair is just automatically braided conveniently but man that was great the whole battle was awesome thor was holding well not thor but uh thanos surprisingly for somebody that doesn't even have didn't even have the uh the infinity stones at all he was holding his damn own with the with the blade and everything uh then it came to a point where you know i was waiting for it that you know it was highly rumored that um uh captain america thor or tony was going to die and you know it was it felt pretty apparent that you know uh thanos got his whole team together his old uh his old army rallied and it was just steve rogers right there by himself you know he said it one last time at least what i thought it was like i could do this all day I'm like oh no oh god uh the tears was about to come out right there but i was like oh, crap is that that this how they gonna kill him and whew, probably one of the biggest feel good superhero movies mo- superhero movie moments of all um out of nowhere, he's like, I forgot, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve Wilson, AKA Falcon, uh, said out of, um, radio communication, uh, check your left. Uh, uh, I think he said, check your left or something along those lines, but on your left. Um, and then bam, out of nowhere, uh, Dr. Strange with the, um, the teleportation, uh, circles. I don't even know what you call it. Um, teleported all of the, all of the snapped people, which I forgot to mention that uh, Hulk basically uh, snapped everybody back, um, you know, because it apparently or coincidentally, whichever, uh, takes a lot of gamma rays uh, that basically uh, at least out of everybody, only Hulk could technically withstand. So he did that at the, you know, sacrifice of his arm. He got pretty banged up. So technically this was before everything. But then, yeah, so then they all came and rallied. Oh, man, this, this is probably the next best scene, too, that every get all the Avengers rallying together. Everybody's fighting together against the evil. Everybody's together. Everybody's here. Uh, Smash Brothers. Um, so you had everybody together fighting. You get you get freaking rescue, um, which is, I guess, this, the comic book equivalent of uh, Iron Man, um, where she was fighting uh, alongside with uh 
Tony Stark, so he had the cool back-to-back action. I don't know what it is about back-to-back stuff that just is so just enthralling. That's like, oh my god, that's so awesome. They just shoot back-to-back. I guess it's the weird dynamic that everybody's uh, conscious, <laughs> that you're conscious of somebody behind you, and that you're like in unison, at least with every movie that involves some back-to-back action. Oh man, that sounds very porno-like, but we're gonna move <laughs> going to move away from that. Um, getting my mind out the gutter there. But yeah, so you had all that. You had freaking Ant-Man again growing the huge sides, uh, growing a giant man and like stomping people out. Uh, man, it was it's so much action that, yeah, I have to watch it again to kind of get another visual and everything. But basically, you know, everything came rallied together and, you know, ultimately it came down to a moment where um, uh, Captain Marvel came back. Um, and then she like, <laughs> she had a very fun, uh, showdown with Thanos. Uh, she grabbed Thanos and they were fighting and it came to like kind of a, a struggle battle. Uh, Thanos like, let me play dirty. Let me headbutt you bitch. Cause you a woman and you, you, you weak, you weak sauce. And then, uh, Captain Marvel was like, no, nah, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. That didn't hurt. <laughs> she was unfazed by the headbutt. So he, he had to resort to using the power stone um because basically captain marvel had the uh stones and they were i think their intention was to uh get back in time and try to put everything back but they didn't manage to do that because thano destroyed the machine or whatever to get back in time so um it was kind of a struggle of keeping the gauntlet away from thanos before he tried to do everything again um in terms of snapping everybody at least in this guy in this case i think specifically the uh all of the avengers excuse me but then after that um yeah so that whole battle ensued and it was just like a fumble in war and then uh then it eventually came down to tony tony and thanos uh struggling about to get to get the gauntlet uh so it looked like thanos got the gauntlet but then little did he know uh tony pulled the old switcherooski and got the all of the stones attained on him um and then he uh you know did the final step i am iron man and then snapped and then um decimated everybody well not everybody every all the evil or basically all of thanos and his army <laughs> thanos had to look at the feet like man damn it you got me you got me he just accepted it he just accepted it like ain't nothing i can do now and then uh yeah they just fittingly um dissipated in the dust as uh he did everybody in uh infinity war so that was kind of the i guess um what's the word for it kind of like the pop-off or just uh relief of uh ending thanos for the foreseen future there and then you know now we had to deal with the aftermath of tony stark he doesn't look so <laughs> not to <laughs> use the joke. Oh, wow, that's 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 too soon. It's too soon, too soon. Uh, Tony Stark is like I don't, <laughs> I can't even say it. Uh, but basically, Tony Stark uh, is not feeling too good. Uh, so basically, his whole like left side was just charred, uh, similar to uh, the Hulk and Thanos. I think after they tried to snap or snap everything undone. And now he's basically just, uh, 
uh, yeah, he couldn't even speak. It was it was hard to see. I, I I cried. I cried. I let the tears out. Some snot came out, and I ain't gonna lie. It was it was. I was trying to, <laughs> you know, when you're crying and you're trying to contain it because you're in front of people. That's that's that was basically me in the theater. Uh, you could tell everybody else was crying. I think everybody else was kind of that same level. Uh, dude on the left of me at the theater, he like saw me. He's like, oh, is he crying? Is he crying too? He <laughs> try to validate, <laughs> like, it's okay for me to cry right now as a guy. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I lost it because you know, <sighs> considering how much Tony has contributed to like you know the whole Marvel universe, and you know like he started technically the first movie to you know, um, really kick kickstart the whole this whole, uh, you know, decade saga movies. Um, it was sad. It was, it was sad. Um, you know, kind of see well, one that this uh, kind of how selfless, uh, someone who is technically selfish, I think as a character in general, um, was, cause I mean, I think, you know, even in the comics and stuff like that, I think Tony Stark is a character you shouldn't like, but they somehow got you to like, cause he technically just has all the characteristics of somebody you shouldn't like as a specifically you know a superhero uh you know there so ah it was sad then you had pepper you know and uh peter you know like that was getting to me more and more and then you know uh pepper says something along the lines like yeah it's okay you can rest now or whatever like oh god oh god don't do it don't do this to me uh yeah then the waterworks came Uh, the waterworks came they did i let it out i let it out i let it out i let it out so Ah, that was, that was sad. And then, you know, one tidbit I forgot to mention was that, you know, uh, (laughs) like just like a corny, corny, um, you know, like when people announce the title of a, of a movie, uh, in the movie type deal, like where, you know, um, captain, uh, or Mr. I I don't know why I want to say Mr. Strange, Dr. Strange said, uh, we're in the end game now. And that was a total moment where you just want to look in the camera and just say, we're in the end game now. We're basically, you know, uh, obviously, you know, in the affinity where we mentioned, you know, out of the 15,000, hundred million choices, there's only one that we come out of. And uh, before it was that moment, uh, Tony saw, he saw Dr. Strange. He's like, he, he saw him put up the finger. This is that one moment. And, you know, he was like, oh, well, this is what I must do. Because uh, obviously, if you told him that in advance, he would probably try everything in his power not to make this happen or whatever event happen. And, you know, ultimately would lead to probably one of the other 15,000 million choices or whatever, whatever um, there. So, yeah, yeah. But, um, ah, man, that was sad. And after that, you know, you get the get the funeral. With Tony, that 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 let more tears out. You get his uh his um emblem from uh, Iron Man one. I forgot what the definitive phrase was, but proof that uh you have a heart or something like that. Um and oh man, that got me too. And then just seeing everybody there, uh, that hurt. That hurt a lot. Oh, that that hurt a lot. It really did. It really did. I let it out. I let it out. Um, yeah, they came back after that. So. Um, but yeah, so you had pretty much everybody there showing their respects to, uh, the man, Tony Stark. And then after that, technically you had, um, Captain America, you know, basically doing what was undone to return all the stones. Cause technically that would alter the timeline if he didn't return them. 
so he managed to, I guess, return the hammer and all the stones back to where they were. And, uh, you know, they said, oh, this is going to take five seconds. And then uh, it didn't take five seconds. Um, then later you see uh, somebody sitting on a bench. Go, They go to the bench and they see it's uh, Steve Rogers, who uh, is an old man now. So pretty easy to de- uh, deduce that he stayed. Uh, he went back in time and stayed in that timeline to live his life out with um, uh, Peggy Carter and, uh, you know, do a lot of old people sex uh, stuff that they do, um, you know, that. <laughs> uh, then there was that whole weird thing where I think he kissed his uh, his his niece or something like that, but I guess we're not going to acknowledge that at all. Well, that would be awkward anyway. Like, how can Steve just say that? Like, you know what, uh, just to let you know, I'm going to kiss your... Well, okay, so I guess that kind of now it's going back to the whole time time travel thing. Uh, I guess I'm gonna leave that alone. But nonetheless, basically, he uh, it's it's pretty apparent that he just stayed in that time and uh, came back uh, to that this exact location at this time or whatever that he you know left. But uh, uh yeah, it, it kind of hurt to see old Steve Rogers because it was kind of like a nail in the coffin that like you know I was like all right. It's, he's pretty much done, like he uh, kind of said. So, um, but it's technically it's a possibility or a kind of a, a device to kind of bring him back if he ever wanted to, I think. Or you know, kind of like uh, what I've been researching on, like the old man Captain America kind of plot, if he ever were to want to come back and stuff like that. So, there's a lot of options there. And then basically, he did give the mantle of Captain America definitively to uh, Captain Falcon. So. Captain Falcon technically will be the uh, uh, Captain America if uh, in whatever, or at least in this case, presumably Captain America and um, or no Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, spinoff TV show on Disney Plus. <laughs> it's funny. What would make it even funnier if they just put like, uh, you know, those little uh, TV bugs uh, that like, you know, like after they, you know, uh, Captain America gave uh, Steve Wilson uh, the the shield. Uh, you can see more of Steve Wilson on Disney Plus. Uh, <laughs> right after that, uh, it just to me, I just had that constantly in my head. Like, okay, well, I guess that's what the events uh, for that uh, TV show are gonna be. So, uh, yeah, yeah, and then that basically was it for the Avengers. Uh, you know, uh, definitely skipping a lot of stuff, but uh, kind of at least. At least what stood out to me and, and things like that. Uh, man. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, Cap uh, Thor is teamed up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Though, so that might set up Thor to be with the Guardians of the Galaxy in the um, uh, Volume 3. And it seems like the plot might be to get um, 20, 2018 Gamora back. Because basically, which is yet another rule they broke about time travel. They managed to get Gamora, 2014 Gamora back um, in their current time. So, uh, that's so confusing. But basically, I guess they're trying to find a way to bring 2018 Gamora back. That at least what's kind of implied to be somewhat of a plot point in uh, Volume 3. So, we'll see for that. But, uh, good God, man, this movie, what it managed to accomplish, 
as well as, you know, touching on every character because, you know, they split up in groups in terms of doing the time jumps and stuff like that. Uh, it, it was very great to see. Um, and, you know, it was, I think it's a great achievement what they did. The uh, You know, big shouts out to the Russo brothers in terms of the direction. Definitely took, <laughs> I, I would assume it take, took two people to direct a movie of this, uh, you know, stature uh, in terms of that. But, man, job well done for sure. Um, I think it was everything. Yeah, it was everything I pretty much wanted and wasn't expecting, which I think is, you know, uh, I think they did a good job of trying to diverge uh, and, you know, uh, hide some, you know, big spoilers, uh, you know, with the trailers and stuff like that. Man, I had every Twitter muted word on deck to avoid any spoilers because I did not want this spoil for me by any means. So glad I was able to see it unspoiled and had a great time. And yeah, man, it was a great it was just a great conclusion to the whole this whole Marvel saga. So like if they were never to, you know, announce they were never to make another Marvel movie again after this, I would be pretty okay with that. To be honest, it's like, I'd be, I'd feel pretty fulfilled considering everything that, you know, transpired with these, this whole 22 movie saga. Um, but you know, it's at least apparent that, you know, they have a lot of uh, plans to not do that and continue the Marvel, <laughs> Marvel, the Marvel, Marvel, uh, uh, storylines and stuff like that. I'm curious if they're uh, next going to try doing a uh, Galactus or something like that, or, um, you know, uh, probably maybe Dr. Doom. Um, now that, um, geez, Disney taking everybody. Now Disney has Marvel and Fox, so they have uh, access to those uh, movie rights. So that that's going to be interesting to see and probably maybe reboot X-Men to some extent, maybe. Uh, and uh, Deadpool, oh my god, so much, so much to look forward to. I, I still want to see it first, uh, to see all the plans they have, but at least they, they built a really great template in terms of what to do f uh, going forward with the, um, I guess, Marvel IPs in general. And, um, yeah, so man, uh, it was a lot of stuff I definitely wanted to cover, but uh, man, it was so much, so many, uh, so much details with. Avengers Endgame, but man, at least going by, <laughs> going by my infatuation phase right now, uh, t thoroughly, definitely enjoyed every second of that movie. It was great. It was great. Of course, there was some some downsides, like uh, the Ronin scene. I think was one wasn't really that great. It was okay, but it wasn't you know up to par with other stuff. Um, ah, that's the only thing I can really think of that just like was blatantly uh not great. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty much that. Everything else was good. So that's definitely just a testament to how great Endgame was. Um, yeah, having that <laughs> having that uh, year cliffhanger. Technically, it wasn't a cliffhanger. I, I, eh, it, it depends on who you ask. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, at least we got the payoff. So God, cannot say enough about Avengers Endgame. Definitely, uh, as of right now... It feels like my favorite Marvel movie ever. Um, I haven't watched any of the previous movies in a while, to be honest, like Civil War and uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. But that's looking to be my top favorite one. Yeah. So, ah, but yeah. Okay. Enough Avengers Endgame talk. 
yet another blockbuster uh, tremendous event that's taken eight years to finally come to the fruition of. Um, a little bit of backstory about Game of Thrones. I didn't watch it initially when it came out. I guess it just never tickled my fancy, but eventually at some point I was like, okay, let me check this out. And then I got fucking hooked. This was like back in 2015-ish, I want to say. So caught up pretty quick um, and just felt all the hurt, all the trials and tribulations and, and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so now we're in the last or final, final quotation of the season uh, before the like prequels and uh, you know, other stuff uh, of that nature is going to come into play. But um, yeah, so this is the big episode that's going to have that's uh, basically the, the battle, the battle that we've all been waiting uh, eight years for, at least in my, <laughs> my, 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 uh, my end, not that long, but um, yeah, finally seeing the technically um, and again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for Game of Thrones episode three. Um, season eight, episode three, just, we getting real spoilery in this, uh, this, this episode, but yeah. So with game of Thrones, episode three, man, I, I was not ready. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I, uh, goodness. I, uh, I ain't gonna lie. I cried like nobody wasn't even, <laughs> nobody wasn't even dying yet. I just started crying. Cause I was like, uh, it's just, it just how everything was starting to turn out. It was like, uh, it's not looking good. Like you could tell, like the battle wasn't really, wasn't really looking good. It just people were just going left to right. Uh, everybody was getting sacrificed and just getting mauled. And I was like, oh no, oh, I'm just, I know they just gonna take away all my characters. And then uh, I was just crying. <laughs> I was like crying as a buffer to be honest. But it was kind of sad to see everybody. Uh, just just numerous amounts of people uh, just getting killed by the, the by the White Walkers. Um, it was sad, and that eventually, yeah, that that got to me. Um, and then, yeah, just just seeing everybody fight so heroically, uh, it's just something about something about just taking a stand with confidence and poise and going out that like kind of gets to me sometimes. That like you're just going out on your terms, you know, like you're taking control of your outcome to an extent where it's like, I'm not going to let, you know, these white white walkers take me willingly with fear. I'm going to take them with courage and just know I died, uh, trying with, uh, you know, uh, courage and the strength, uh, and, and trying to fight them off as much as I can. So with that, yeah, I lost, <laughs> I was crying like a good amount of the, the, the episode. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, the waterworks came out because, man, yeah, just seeing them all fight so courageously and knowing kind of like the uh, possible outcome, considering like the story um, is kind of like, yeah, what got to me. So. So, yeah, boy, yeah, it was <laughs> it was an emotional week for sure this week, damn it. But uh, yeah, man, it was it was pretty great to see, though. You can see kind of the. You had the, the glimmer of hope when uh the witch uh like enlightened all the Dothraki, Rocky's uh sword and stuff. Like, oh okay, all right, we got a chance. And then after that, man, just the whole race just got apparently obliterated. So man, that was sad. So then, you know, they came in full force and uh, you know, the battle ensued, everybody was getting killed. 
decapitated, uh, mutilated. It was it was crazy. Um, and then, you know, eventually it came to a couple of plot points where, you know, the dragons came into play. They're trying to um, they finally got a sighting on the White Walker King or the Night King, I believe. And, you know, it was a whole battle that ensued there. They had some plan to, I guess, um, mask the environment by using this immense amount of fog or ice or mist or whatever. And that caused issues with everybody's plans to, like, you know, have the dragons incorporated, which they couldn't see and stuff like that. It was like, oh, boy, this is not looking good. In general, just the whole battle was not looking looking bright for uh, Winterfell in general. So, ah, man, I, I, I couldn't. I, it was too much. <laughs> it was too much. Uh, commits to <laughs> this too much gift. Uh, but, man, it was a lot to take in. It was a lot, man. It was a lot. Goodness. But, man, it was just a lot of, uh, a lot of battling. A lot of people uh, lost their lives. One of the notable ones, uh, I forgot the little girl. She was, I think she's the queen of one of the, um, man, I forgot her name. But I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. The, she was so tough, tough little girl. And, man, she, like, took down a giant, a giant White Walker herself. She got crushed in the process, but man, she went, she went fight like a soldier. She went fight like a damn soldier. And, uh, yeah, I was sad to see her go. That was, that was probably the, the saddest. Uh, I wouldn't say the saddest. The other one was Theon. He was pretty, it was sad. Cause he, I think he knew what was going to happen. That he knew this, it was his time. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to still go. And, uh, it, what kind of got to me too was like, you know, when Bran was telling Theon, he was like, you're a good man, Theon. You, you're good, and I think he's you know, he just I think that just kind of validated you know him trying to redeem himself, knowing what was going to happen to him, uh, getting killed by the Night King. Uh, it was just it was just so heroic. I don't know, it's just something about when you know you're going to die, but you're just going to go out on your terms. That just always gets to me. I can't explain it, but ah, uh, yeah, that got to me a bit, but. You know, there was, of course, some uh, some other losses. I forgot to do with the, the patch on his eye that could revive himself, technically. Uh, he only, I know this was technically his uh, his last life, per se. Um, and, you know, he went out. I felt kind of sad about him. Uh, he was a cool character. And then, of course, you know, uh, John's uh, brother uh, died trying to defend, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, the big guy uh, that uh, was the librarian whatever <laughs> this is a totally black guy <laughs> it's totally a black guy explaining stuff like oh yeah yeah it's the it's the black it's the one dude with the with the with the one guy with the <laughs> but uh i'm not good with names i'll at least say that uh at least they're unless they're super duper memorable uh, at least that's uh, i tend to get forgetful of names as you can obviously tell uh in most cases there but uh yeah so um you know a lot of fair amount of losses there. Um, nothing, none that were too direct. Well, I guess the one guy that, uh, <laughs> there I go again, protecting, uh, that, uh, swore his life to, um, Daenerys. Um, you know, he went out, he went out pretty heroically. He's like, you know, I'm a DOS, I'm a DOS saving, I'm a DOS protecting her. I don't care. And so he, he's out. Um, and then, but at least kind of the skip forward towards the end. Uh, so ultimately Arya, oh yeah, she was, man, there wasn't, if there was an MP, MVP of this, this episode is definitely was Arya Stark for sure. 
Uh, she was fighting. She was fighting off off the White Walkers like it was nothing. Uh, then ultimately, she uh, has the final say in terms of uh, the person that actually killed the Night King herself. <laughs> she just uh, nobody. Uh, I, I know at least what they intended writing wise was to lose track of her, which I totally did. I'm like I was focusing on everybody else, and then it had that moment towards the end where it's like, okay, everybody's just going to die in unison. Basically, it seems like they were playing the sad music. I'm like, oh no, oh no, I'm not ready. And then out of nowhere, uh, freaking when the night walk was about to take out brand already just came out the came out the woodwork. It's out the, out the shadows. And she's like, oh, you ain't going to do that to my brother. And then, yeah, she didn't say that, but and you're like, what you say? Night King was like, what you say, bitch. And this check freaking choke her, uh, on the neck by the neck and then uh you know he, he was like Arya was like you see this knife he's like uh what what, you, what? is it dropping and then she's like psych she just stabbed his ass and then ultimately it kills the night king as well as kills all of his related minions which is um i, I kind of saw that kind of how it was gonna play out not specifically Arya killing the night walker uh night king but uh at least how they set it up in the previous episode was that she, uh, somebody would have to kill the night. Like basically if they kill the night Walker first, they'd be able to kill everybody in one fell swoop technically. So basically as long as you kill the night Walker or night King, uh, everybody else would die in, in this place. So I thought it was going to kind of somewhat play out like that where basically, you know, everybody else is fighting them off and then, uh, eventually somebody kills the night King and then, you know, every, the world is a better place or whatever. Or I was thinking it was going to just go to other absolute extreme alternate route where pretty much everybody is just going to was get was going to get obliterated including the main characters like John, Danny and stuff like that and it was by just going to be some minimal characters like maybe Ty- Tyrion and Sansa or something like that where they would probably just be some dynamics where they just have to accept what like Cersei would be the you know queen uh, by default <laughs> not actually fighting them but you know letting the uh letting the the white walkers do their work, even though technically that would just mean their untimely death as well, eventually anyway. But if that was to happen, but that's at least where my mind was running off. They're like, man, it could go either way. The stakes felt pretty high that like considering, I believe they were going past what the book was capable of that, uh, or the books like, I guess, um, you know, storyline, that they te- technically anything was up in the air now because at least like you know like kind of like similar to Walking Dead you can kind of have some material to re- refer off of or kind of have a reference point uh, as to where things might go and kind of have some type of comfort in speculation but at least with Game of Thrones at least in this season that you know it could go anywhere really they could deviate totally off off uh, everything and you know go the opposite way or something like that but yeah so yeah, that was uh, episode three. It wasn't as, I guess it wasn't, I wasn't, mm, I didn't, mm, it's hard to explain. I didn't come from it as, uh, I guess, heartbroken as I was expected to be, which I guess is kind of good and bad. Um, I don't know. I guess is how you perceive it, but for me, I don't know. I was expecting the worst. So when I didn't necessarily get the absolute worst, technically, um, I don't know. I was like, I felt kind of slightly empty, but it was like on the other side, I was like, oh yeah, cool. And like all the really good characters are still in it that, you know, I really necessarily cared about. 
Um, yeah, don't don't get me wrong. You're sad to see the characters that went that went, but um, yeah, it was it I, it, it doesn't make me more interested in terms of you know the next episode. At least from what they hinted at next, uh, the next episode is that you know it seems like it's just going to be the final showdown between Cersei and uh, uh, Danny in terms of just the. Uh, ruin or fighting for the throne so uh, it's uh man it was a good episode though either way uh, a lot of dynamics and fun stuff uh that did go into it but uh yeah man oh, that was greatness that was just pure unadulterated greatness this whole damn week man you had what mortal kombat 11 you had days gone you had Avengers, well, well, wait a minute. You had Cobra Kai Season 2. You had Avengers Endgame. Then you had Game of Thrones. This week was crazy, man. It's probably one of the most craziest weeks I've ever kind of experienced to, to memory. Like, in terms of consistently just just immense stuff, to me at least, was dropping, uh, you know, media-wise in general. Like, games, TV, movies. Ugh, it, was just, it was just a crazy week. It was fun though. It was fun though. <laughs> There's just so many emotions I felt this week all at once. I wasn't wasn't sure how, how I felt about myself after. I just felt like just just this husk of emptiness of all this emotion that I felt and left my body. But good God, man. Well, well, guys, I think <laughs> I think that is a uh, man. This was a pretty beefy episode. I think I'm kind of making up for uh, last week, which I'm trying to. I was trying to figure out some uh, podcast related stuff to try to get this podcast going up the ground in terms of um, getting on the popular services that you guys are accustomed to or when you guys will eventually hear this either way. But, oh, man, crazy week, but definitely glad at least I uh, was able to talk to you guys about it because, man, the T, the T, the T, the T, the T, the T. OK, uh, but yeah, other than that, guys, um. What have I been playing outside of that? Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Mortal Kombat 11 Days Gone. Uh, nothing really out of that, um, out of the ordinary that I have been playing lately that I wanted to mention. So that's pretty much been that. Um, but outside of that, of course, guys, you can find me on uh, Twitch TV uh, slash A-Switch. You can also find me on YouTube.com slash A-Switch. I am trying to <laughs> get back uh, to getting on a, a schedule in terms of everything, uh, to, you know, get a great, I guess, X, X, not expect trying to use words that don't exist. Uh, a great, uh, form of regularity, I guess it's probably the best way to describe it. Um, what else? Um, also on Patreon, if you want to support me there, I'm eventually going to try to get some good, uh, exclusive or timed exclusive stuff out there first uh, at some point just a matter of figuring all that out uh, since I'm a one man army in that respect um, but yeah um, also find me on twitter uh, at a switch as well um, yeah man that's pretty much what I've been up to uh, but yeah guys uh, until next time man it's been a crazy week um Yes, yes, yes. Uh, until next time, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh.